We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up. Upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say. We will not comply so you will be free. You have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? Then why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Howdy. Welcome, everybody, in the chat room. Played for you as our opener today, the amazing trailer for the epic movie, <laughs> Non-Compliant. So many of you have already come on board. So many of you are signing up to get your notices. I just want to mention, go to non-compliant movie non-compliant movie.com make sure that you sign up on our email list that you support us in any way that you can i'm going to challenge you today those of you who are watching those of you who are longtime uh listeners and followers of liberty first Make sure that you please share this with five people. If you're hardcore, JC, you'll share it with five people every day. Five different people every day. Share it on your uh, social media. I mean, seriously, give me a show of hands out there. How many of you find that just that clip from the movie uh, inspirational? I mean, I, I watch it and I still like, yeah, right? <laughs> and then you get to watch all around America as people that we've taught start yelling, we will not comply. We will not comply. We will not comply. Right. Those though, the um, bar owner in Buffalo yelling, we will not comply. We actually trained them on the principles of peaceful noncompliance. And so, wow, I just, Please, please bring this to uh, to your friends. 
Bring this to your family members. Bring this to your um, all, all everybody that you know, everybody see all your social media. Uh, JC, get rid of that that thing there. Block, uh, cut that out. I don't know how to do that, but that that little thing needs to be deleted. So, uh, oh, I ended up delete blocking the wrong person. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, how do we unblock them? Do you know? No idea. Oh, great. I sender. I accidentally blocked you in the chat room. That was my fault. So anyway, <laughs> not exactly what we wanted to do. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us here today. We will figure out how it works. JC will get Icender unblocked somehow. I'm not quite sure how that works, but we will get that done. Maybe you can log into it on your phone or whatever. We will unblock you Icender later. But I wanted to show you guys some things that are happening around the news, things going on uh, uh, that are just absolutely uh this whole thing about locking down California, this whole thing about locking down these cities, you're seeing all these false statistics going around. Look at this one. This is so typical. This is a historical occupancy for uh, Los Angeles County's ICU. And uh, so what we have is a photo, uh, a, a chart of who, uh, of the, the flu season, the baseline, this is ICU occupant, occupancy. And we have Los Angeles County, the typical flu season has the ICU up at 98% capacity. And we then Los Angeles, during the uh, non-flu season, your baseline is like just a little over 92%. And... There you have COVID down there. This is Los Angeles County. Less than 86% and everybody has to stay at home. I saw a statistic the other day about how flu has absolutely disappeared from the statistics uh, in nobody's, basically nobody's catching the flu anymore because everybody has COVID. I just simply, I don't get that at all. Now, all of a sudden, why don't people answer these questions? Why don't people uh, ask these questions? Why is all of this stuff hidden from the American people? And to me, this is this is the frustrating part because you have governors running around, shutting down states, governors running around, uh, closing businesses, keeping people out of business, shutting down, destroying people's lives. I wanted to show you this video. This is actually uh, Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill. This, this ought to make you so mad that you want to absolutely punch someone in the face. Watch this. So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining, for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today 
because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this. Has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. <laughs> they have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face. That's safe. This is safe. 50 feet away. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. Look guys, this is what we have to do. This is what the whole movie about peaceful non-compliance is all about. Non-compliant teaches you how and why this you have to stand up. It's not civil but disobedience. We are being obedient to our constitutions. We are being obedient to our rights. When we step up and say, no, we will not comply. It's the government that's being disobedient to the Constitution. I mean, we went to California. We did a whole presentation on how the California Constitution actually prohibits the uh, governor from doing this. There is absolutely nothing lawful about the governor of California doing this. Nothing. Absolutely nothing that is lawful about this. And when people are standing up and saying no, when people are standing up and saying we will not comply, we will not shut down, we are actually following the law. We are following the law. They are not following the law. We are following the law. And so I want to show you um, some sheriffs and some people all around the country that are saying we are that the sheriffs are not going to enforce this. Here we have Riverside County Sheriff Bianco blasting Newsom the and American saying he will. Oh, well, let's go. We'll go back to that in just a second. I had that all set up and skip the commercial. So we'll just. I won't make you listen to the commercial. So 
we are the ones and the sheriffs are doing this all over the country, guys, because we have uh, we have stood up and we have educated them. Not just, you know, I'm not talking about me and JC. I'm talking about everybody demanding, refusing to comply, demanding that our sheriffs guard and protect our rights, guard and protect our uh, our property, not just simply from criminals but from government that's acting criminal. Here's the Riverside Sheriff. Oh, sorry. While dining in luxury, traveling, keeping his business open, and sending his kids to in-person private schools is very telling about his attitude toward California residents, his feelings about the virus, and it is extremely hypocritical. These closures and stay-at-home orders are flat-out ridiculous. The metrics used for closures are unbelievably faulty and are not representative of true numbers and are disastrous for Riverside County. I believe that all jobs are essential to someone. Leaders do not threaten, attempt to intimidate, or cause fear. Bullies do. Sheriff Bianco mentioned the possibility of funding being withheld. Now look, guys, this is important. This is what the people have to have. This is the const- this is a constitutional sheriff. This is what a constitutional sheriff looks like. Health- and we have to ensure that we have constitutional sheriffs. We have more sheriffs that are standing up. Here is the Orange County sheriff making a statement. Man, I don't like Fox News and their stupid little videos. Hello, where did you go? (laughs) Why do I even try to get all this stuff queued up so it looks all professional for you guys? I I don't even I don't even know why I even try. (laughs) Oh goodness gracious! I'm sorry, guys. I try really hard for you, but. I'm going to show you as soon as this comes up, I'm going to show this to you so you can see it. This is uh, the sheriff of Orange County giving a statement on how uh, he is going to refuse to enforce these stay at home orders. Once we get past the commercial, (laughs) how many of you by show of hands have sheriffs that are are actually standing up at home. Sheriffs who are actually saying, I will not enforce these laws. I will not enforce these tyrannical mandates, which are not even laws from the governor, right? They're orders, so they're not even laws. We don't have one in Hillsborough County. Here in Hillsborough County, we have a sheriff that actually arrests pastors. So we don't have that. I really don't believe that our sheriff would stop somebody from forcing vaccinations on people. Can you imagine Chad Cronister coming in and stopping the 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 uh, super uh, with the uh, secretary of health from forcing people of Hillsborough County to take vaccinations? No. These are the sheriffs that we have that are absolutely going to stand up for us. We have. I uh, should be good to go, by the way. Oh, ice is good. Oh, fantastic. Glad to hear this. I actually spent 
at least 30 minutes already prepping all this up. And as soon as I went back to the videos, JC, they reboot it. And here you go. Got to go through six minutes of a prescription pharmaceutical commercial. How about that? That's because that's what we need. We need more pharmaceuticals in our lives. We need more pharmaceutical companies. So here we go. Let me go ahead and stay residents. Orange County Sheriff Don Barnes is insisting his deputies will not enforce this shutdown, deeming it a matter of personal responsibility, not law enforcement and uh, now not law enforcement saying his actions are in line with the Constitution. That Sheriff Don Barnes joins us now. Sheriff, what brought you to this conclusion? Well, there's so many factors that go into it. But, but like I read been, the Constitution. Uh, it's been a long year for everybody. We know that. It's been very impactful upon all of the businesses and residents of Orange County in California. But I just don't think that it's something that falls in line with a law enforcement priority. We have many other responsibilities that we're dealing with. Many responsibilities really aren't ours that we're dealing with. Homelessness, mental illness, substance use disorder, to lay on, lay on this one more additional uh, expectation, I think, is uh, not only fair or unfair to law enforcement, to the residents of Orange County, but it's just unfair overall. I don't think it stands uh, the constitutional test. Listen, Sheriff, uh, I don't know how it's like out in your county, but when I walk into a restaurant locally, I see plexiglass, I see distancing, I see tables separated, I see voluntary less capacity. These, were, these owners want to comply. Are you noticing the same thing? Uh, we are noticing exactly that. Uh, every one of the businesses that are operating have met the expectations of the state. The state has come out and has said, if you need to, uh, if you want to continue operating as a business, you have to do these things. And the, it's like the goalposts keep moving 10 yards back week by week. And I don't know how you can decide which businesses are essential, which businesses aren't, what uh, food uh, restaurant can be open, which one cannot. I heard the story that you mentioned earlier about in Los Angeles where yeah. a lady had a tent. She's been operating and right in her parking lot is a tent for several hundred people that they get to operate. She cannot. I don't know how you can have such disparate rules and expect people to want to follow them when the comp when they uh, when they if they follow those, they're in essence putting themselves out of business. Sure. Their livelihood is gone. What bothers me most about people in your possession, in your profession, is that you're going through enough. This whole push that the cops are the bad guys and women, it's your fault. And now you got to go up to law abiding citizens and tell them they can't earn a living. I mean, it couldn't, the timing couldn't be worse, let alone the mission. Well, that's, that's part of the issue. When you look at this year for law enforcement after Minneapolis, and the California legislature made its mission to defund the police, yeah. to change the rules, to come out with new legislation that would restrict the way we can do our job. So on one hand, you're saying we want you to stop doing things that would result in actions against uh, the community. And on the other hand, we're saying, but not this time. The rules are different. Go out and arrest people. I want to stop there, JC, because that the, the sheriff makes a really good point. We're going to defund the police. We want you to stop. Remember, it's in California where they made it legal to steal things up to $750, right? So the deputies cannot enforce the laws that actually uh, prosecute criminals' acts, but then they have to turn business owners into criminals for simply running their businesses. How is that even... How is that even real? How is that even something that we should be doing? 
or even thinking in this kind of world. I mean, I don't even, I, I can't even wrap my brain around that. How do you get so upside down about law enforcement that you turn business owners? I mean, seriously. Yes, Isender, we can see you. Look, there you are. Yay. Everybody give JC a hand for getting Isender back in and eliminating the, the sales troll trying to get you all to be famous by clicking on his trolling link. So uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm simply speechless sometimes, JC. I'm absolutely, completely speechless. How did we get to the place where having, owning a business and keeping your business open is an illegal activity, but the same person, come in, a different person coming into your business can rob you of, <clears throat> of over $700 worth of your stuff and they're not a criminal. You're a criminal for having a business, but somebody stealing with from you over $700 worth of stuff is not a criminal. Yeah, it's it, well, it's good to know there are some sheriffs in, in California like that, yeah. of, of all places. Yeah, well, we've yeah. taught in California. I yeah. mean, there are people who are students of the Constitution. And you saw, what was that dude on Fox? You know these guys' names, the Fox guy that was doing the interview. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, he said, how did you come to this conclusion? How did you come to the conclusion that it was con <laughs> unconstitutional? Like, yeah. this is some big, you know, rocket science brain surgery kind of thing. How is it brain surgery to actually pick up your constitution and read it and know that the governor does not have the authority to issue laws and rules to shut down people's businesses? I simply do not get that. And so um, I wanted to remind you that there have been sheriffs that have been doing this for a long time. This is Sheriff uh, Mike Harrington from New Mexico who issued this letter on his Facebook page on May 9th, 2020. So you have sheriffs standing up, but there are a few that kind of led the way. Yeah. A few that said, you know, from the beginning, we will not comply. It's kind of like the churches that are that from the beginning said, no, we're not going to shut down. And now the rest of the church, some of the churches are like, wow, we should have never shut down. How do we open back up again? Yeah. Yeah. Brian killed me. That's what I thought I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure. Um, yeah. And it. And I noticed there are a lot of people in the chat talking about the way he phrased what he was saying. And I, you know, clearly it unconstitutional and there's a there's a straightforward answer but i think sometimes i have to appreciate where some of these guys are and being able to say make their argument in such a way mm -hmm. to you know convert the people that they're dealing with you right. know what i mean sort of like baby steps clearly it would have been a good opportunity you know to teach a little constitutional lesson but you know how it is on Fox. You have 15 seconds yeah. to say what you say. And so I think sometimes you just, you just have people like that when they're in that position, they're trying to say things in such a way that they can get, you know, the, that kind of who they're dealing with, the public that he's dealing with in that area, trying to get them on board with, with something that ought to be reasonable to everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Without having them shut down their brain because they heard the word constitution and they, and they were triggered. 
Right. You know, so I agree. I agree with the comments, but then, you know, maybe seeing it from the other direction, maybe that that's why he took that approach of how he said what he said. Yeah. Well, just giving the benefit of the doubt. I know we, we deal with folks and sometimes they're not ready to hear certain things. And so you have to be, you have to, you have to uh, work your messaging for a period of time until they're ready. Well, but then sometimes you just need to pop them in the mouth with the straight truth. You know, there are those times. Well, and it is absolutely true. I mean, one of the things that we must understand is you have to know your audience, sure. right? You have to know your audience. Some people can eat meat. Some people can only still drink from the bottle. Yeah. And so if you throw out, it's the whole principle of casting pearls before swine. It's not that you're you're bringing truth. I think a lot of people take that casting pearls before swine thing out of context. If you're casting, it's not casting it to bad people. It's casting it to people that don't understand it, who don't appreciate the value of it. The pigs don't care about your pearls. Yeah. And so what you want to do is, is make sure that whatever you're giving, they can receive. And I think it really is a, a, a valid thing, JC, that when you're on Fox, you get like three minutes tops. And that's three minutes. We are live. We Nate. are live. We are live, Nate. I always tell you in the beginning, go Gators. Anyway, um, on Fox, you get you have a three-minute slot. That's what yeah. you get. And that's three minutes of you and the host. Yeah. And so you have to be able to deliver what I call uh, lifesavers. You know, just one flavor mm -hmm. at a time. Just one dot at a time. That's all you get. And you have to do it craftily in such a way that you... You encourage the people who know what you're talking about and make the people who don't know what you're talking about question enough to actually want to find the answer. Well, and you, you know, you do what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't expect you to like, you certainly wouldn't have, if you would have answered yeah. like he answered, yeah. then I you would, been I would have been very upset. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? So, right. because that wouldn't have been appropriate, but for right. him, I get it. I, I would have liked, like our, like the guys in the chat room and the ladies in the chat room said, I wish you know, been lost straight for why how'd you come to this conclusion? Uh read the constitution. Right. right. Then I would went into the other stuff, you know, to help the, the idiots that I need to get on on board with this. But you know, and I mean when you think about he's for instance, he used the word unfair and disparate rules. Well, that is constitutional speak in the yes. sense of uh equal treatment under the law. It's just it not using that kind of language. Well, and it's um, about arbitrary and capricious. Right. That's also constitutional language. So it's not a the question of say that, or not yeah, say. It's yeah. but it's how it's how you say it. So there right. is, you know, some of that's useful sometimes. So it might not be worded exactly like we we want. Right. Uh, but sometimes it's you need you need to somehow massage it where the blind can get it, and then right. you can you can inch them ever closer to where we need them to be. See, what we need are, are people who will actually stand up to and, and file these lawsuits. We need business owners who are going to file lawsuits against these governors now. We absolutely, because here in this, in this video of the Pineapple Hill Salon and Grill, okay? Saloon and Grill, sorry. <laughs> Get your hair cut and, and a burger at the same time, right? So here in, in Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill, 
you have the absolute definition of arbitrary and capricious. This yeah. is not equal protection under the law. Well, this it, is not. She's got what you have, and I'm not going to turn the sound on because this is that's not relevant here. But as we do the commentary, you see, you have a big corporation that's right, probably funneling big money, correct, to the governor. You well, got little of, pineapple saloon and grill next door doing the exact same thing. Regardless of to the governor personally, that's California big money. I mean, yeah, it's Hollywood. So that's the mafia of California. Yeah. So I, that that's what I was going to say. That's that's where you see what's really going on. So if you're the big corporate entity with the deep pockets, you get to do whatever you want to do. Right. So as, as people have been saying over and over, you know, here's here's the little church over here that's closed. I mean, obviously targeting the church was a, was a separate thing in and of itself. But just from the standpoint of here's here's a little independent church uh, in the community versus Walmart, the global Goliath. They don't have to do the same stuff, right? Uh, you know, or or your uh, local bar, local independent bar, um, or gym, mm -hmm. or whatever. But if you're some big dollar um, corporatist, you see that here they roll in with tent after tent after tent. With, I mean, for, for first off, it's not even hers is one tent. So how many people are going to be there? Do you look at what they set up for the movie industry, right? massive these massive tents and table after table after table. yeah there's how be many more than people are people exactly how many people are going to be in attendance to that i mean that's set up for hundreds at least hundreds, hundreds of people hundreds well one of the 10 is all just you can tell it's just for food distribution yeah so absolute hypocrisy complete See, hypocrisy which has been part and parcel for newsom uh the, the uh supervisor we saw in la these mayors it's been like this the whole time. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, there's a different rule. We, I've said this so much. I'm tired of hearing myself saying it. There's a different set of rules for these elitists than there is for, you know, the, the rabble. Not to mention peasants. that we're talking about California's flat out lies. Flat yeah. out lies. Look, here True. is the ICU occupancy for COVID. Mm -hmm. Here it is. For the general flu season in this area here, right? Anywhere from 98% capacity to not over 92% capacity, almost 94%, right? This is general flu season. We're actually doing better. Look at that. We're like 12% to 14% better than the average flu season. Mm hmm and everybody has to stay home and Gavin Newsom has to shut down people's businesses. I hope there are people there pouring out for this lady. Yeah. Well, so I know there was the guy in Florida, I think is where we saw the clip and he's like, screw it. I'm not shutting down my restaurant. And, right. and people, right. People were there and supported him. I, I saw the clip of the, um, I think it was a bar or something in, uh, in or a store or a bar, I think in um a yeah. pub in new york and right the, they were packed like the whole sidewalk and street were full because i saw the headline about they're trying to arrest this guy and right. i thought how's that gonna go when you show up and there all these hundreds of people are there yeah yeah no doubt no doubt you have uh this is actually uh another one a uh, staten island bar 
And Christine, yeah, those protesters that's the one I'm thinking are just about. beginning to show up. You can hear them now. But as for the officers, they have been here guarding this bar door all day, making sure that the owner does not allow people inside to eat or to drink. But we did just hear See, from somebody garbage. here who says that the owner and some friends. Once I got about 100 people, we'd go through that little cordon. And have now barricaded themselves inside These the bar. These guys are scumbags. Every single See, one. See, I want the optics, right? If I'm this bar owner or this you know, whatever, I want the optics of peaceful people pushing in and trying to get in them. And and the, this is a sheriff. This is not even police mm -hmm. officers. These are sheriff deputies, not police officers that are hirelings of the city. These are sheriff deputies who are representatives of the people. I want the optics of these people being tased. If I'm a, they're tasing me to keep me from absolutely. going in there. No, and I'm going how, to get it on film and I'm going to get the optics. That of is it. how Gan Mahatma Gandhi and yes. Martin Luther King Jr. changed two nations. Right. I mean, Gandhi made his march to the sea with the people to when they got there and the cameras were there. And the cameras caught these British police beating the living mm -hmm. crap out of these skinny little Indian protesters. Right. That went around the world. Yeah. Yeah. That went around the world. And it wasn't long. And, and next thing you know, Mahatma Gandhi is sitting at the negotiating table, negotiating for the independence of an entire nation. Right, right. So just the standing there. You know, I, I mean, I'm praise God for these people, but I take it. I take it one step further. Well, I would not just be standing there with signs. When I thought I had enough people, we we would we would calmly, uh, peacefully, but resolutely, resolutely make our way absolutely through the door. It's about courage. It's about I would, determination. I would, in, I would encircle so the owner would get there. I would encircle the owner. And we would walk up to that door so he could stick his hand out and unlock the door mm -hmm. and we'd start moving in. Yeah. And as if they tried to grab him and arrest him, uh, they would have to arrest every one of us. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it matters. It, it matters. Really but the, the whole thing, when people when people won't cross that line, I'm not right. I'm not talking about violence, but I'm talking about crossing that line of resistance to the point that it will get you arrested. People are mm -hmm. so scared of going to jail. That that they that they won't be forceful, okay. I'm being it's different than using force. That's not what I'm saying, but being forceful, being determined, and and going through with that action. You have to have a plan of here's what we're going to do, mm -hmm. and we're going to go do that. And first off, I, you know, I wouldn't have waited. I mean, mm -hmm. best case scenario, you don't want to wait until those cops are standing there blocking, blocking the thing. You would have never closed it first off right exactly. you would have to come and close it right so but you have to have an organized resistance right peaceful non-compliance takes organized resistance when you saw uh, dr king using peaceful non-compliance they weren't just standing you know and waving signs and and chanting there was a march we're heading somewhere we're going to do something that you're telling us not to do we're, we're going into that lunch counter yes. we're going to sit, sit down, down on that stool and order and you are going to have to come and drag us out mm -hmm. then we're going to keep filing in so that you keep dragging us out 
so that finally you get to the point where you're so angry, you're going to start sicking dogs on us and beating us with batons. And sooner or later, your whole system is going to collapse. So you have you have to be willing. Part of this notion of peaceful noncompliance is the idea of of, of being forceful. Not it's not a pro, right. it's not a static protest. Right. Exactly. So that I think that's where we where we miss it. Right. And and even people like like the obnoxious jerk that is e has been emailing us since 2014 and talking about oh, you know, we've been doing this and doing that. And not. They don't they don't even understand, I think, fully of what uh, what peaceful noncompliance means. Right. It's not just standing across the street um, on the sidewalk chanting. That is, by the way, that is a peaceful protest. That is not a peaceful noncompliance. A peaceful noncompliance says, I'm going to continue to engage in the activity that you say I'm not allowed to engage in. Right. It is an, it, it is an activity thing. Yeah. It is an action thing. You tell me I have to shut down my business. No, I'm not shutting down my business. You tell me I can't serve food. Yes, I'm going to serve food. Yes, I'm going to have... Uh, my church is going to be open. Yes, we're going to lay hands on people. Yes, we're going to to uh, sing without masks. We're going to do these things. And we have to make sure that we are doing them right. with persistence, well, resolution. We and, are resolute. And if you go back to our founding history, um, this was the progression, right? This was this what was what the founders felt. They had a, a righteous view that they felt this was a necessary process, right, to legitimize the point where that where that if you ever got if you got to that point, which they obviously believe they got to, when you got to that point where you felt we have exhausted all measures. Mm -hmm. Then that would justify they felt that then justified their decision to take up arms. And really, when they really arms were taken up against them mm -hmm. and it justified this idea, really, at that point of violent defense right. of themselves, their property, their lives. Right. So you have so many people, they want to skip that part. Oh, right. they, it, they've been doing whatever. So now we just need to grab our guns and start taking people out. People have this attitude. Uh, our our founders felt that this was a necessary step to to demonstrate the righteousness of our cause that we have tried every single inch of the way to be peaceful. We were peaceful and simply picketing, uh, petitioning. Then we were picketing. Then we were protesting. Then we decided peaceful noncompliance, mm -hmm. uh, uh, resolute resistance. Before it ever got to that final level. I so wanna, I, I think that's incredibly important to demonstrate the righteousness of 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 our cause. And I don't I do not. Uh, I understand where people are coming from, but I completely reject the hotheads calling for violence and attacking cops and, and all this craziness you know that we I get in our email it. inbox. I reject it. You know why? Because we haven't done the peaceful things we're supposed no. to do before we get that. That's, it's and that's the it's point. irresponsible to jump to violence. It is immoral to jump to violence. It is 
it is unconstitutional. You have to be, yes, you have a right to resistance, but you do not have a right to violence. It's only when that you have tried everything. You see, people don't really understand the history that it was 15 years, right? 15 years from the first stand by one man, James Onus Jr., 1761. And if you want to do the real math, JC, you've got you've got Benjamin Franklin in 1722. You've got the Cato letters in 1722, bringing the information and the education. Hey, look, guys, your government's out of control. It's overstepping its bounds. It's doing this. It takes 40 years from from Benjamin Franklin's first letter in uh, As Silence Do Good to James Otis Jr. in 1761 standing up. It takes another 15 years from James Otis Jr. to when we actually declare independence and our right to, to secure with a violent coup. Right. What, right? Is, what is immoral about pushing them out of the way to get our business open? Absolutely nothing. But Absolutely that is not, not the same thing as being violent. Correct. That is not violent. And, and maybe that is not shooting. That is not, you know, that's not maybe that's where people are like, you know, I'm not yeah. going to stand still. And, this is part of the peaceful noncompliance. Correct. And, and, and to to be clear, without naming names uh, of the idiot from uh, Florida Panhandle, we we're talking about, you know, certain morons that email us. Mm -hmm. basically who in, in fact, in response to the movie trailer, right. Uh, essentially saying, if we're not advocate the killing of government agents, then our message is illegitimate. Uh, right. That that's insanity. And by the way, this guy's quoting Bible left and right and all the self-righteous pious nonsense garbage that he hides behind. So, so you have these, uh, you know, that that's crazy. That That's not what we're talking about. So this idea, when you, when you talk about, uh, I mean, when you look at Martin Luther King Jr. Um, in, in that move, they they forced their way through, through yes. these lines. I yes. mean, they were they pushing, that's, shoving that's that kind of thing. That's they, different but it's than not, the crowd yeah. saying we need to we need to go and you know we just need to get this over. We need just we're we're in a civil war. Let's just get to fighting. That's this yeah, is, we so, haven't started fighting. OK, as a matter of fact, what we're seeing now is just the beginning of the fight. Mm -hmm. We have no right to jump to the end because here's the problem. You jump to the end, JC. What you do is condemn our children to be uh, to be in charge of uh, of of a battle. Right. Mm -hmm. To be participants in a civil war that we started. Right. When we could have stopped it peacefully, yeah. we have the peaceful way to do this. Thank you, Kathy. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, and so bringing bringing a firearm, we've, and we've seen this in several right. cases. So right, bringing right. firearms and, and first off, it depends on, uh, um, you know, depends on where you're at and what you're dealing with in the context. But bringing bringing a firearm obviously is not immoral it's your natural right right that doesn't mean it's the wise thing to do in that moment right um you know it, so and it's not about it's like i said it's not about 
not protecting yourself. It's about the people or say, yeah. let's just go to civil war. Let's just get this thing started. No, you don't remember what civil war is about. You don't remember how long civil wars last. Yeah. You don't remember that you're putting a gun into your child's hand and saying, you have to kill your neighbor. You have to kill your cousin. You have to kill your friend. That is what civil war is about. What we have a responsibility to do is to do absolutely everything humanly possible to prevent that end from happening. And that means, like you said, forcing your way into your businesses, yeah. resisting the shutdown Correct. and that sort of thing. So we have to make sure that we are doing everything. Look at what I wanted to share with yeah, you. So that's immoral. Yeah. What is? Yeah, Wing, that would be immoral. Use the firearm if they get in the way. Right. No, somebody in your way does not justify taking a life. So, right. yeah, yeah, that would be absolutely immoral. That, right. That's, I, hey, get out of my way. You're dead. Uh, no, no, that's that's not the uh, philosophy behind. Use the, the response must equal the force that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So let me explain. Let me show you what mercy. I'm going to show you two quotes. This is from my forgotten founders um, presentation. Let me show you what Mercy Otis Warren said. America stands armed with resolution and virtue. Isn't that a very poignant thing? We are armed with resolution and virtue. Let me point out what she's saying right here. All of these people who are who are saying we have to pick up arms, right, and start fighting. We don't even have people who are armed with resolution and virtue to keep their businesses open. Right. They're not going to be uh, armed with the resolution to keep up a physical war. You know what? You If you will not open your business in the, in the midst of a governor ordering you to close, you're not going to fight a war against your government. Mm. So let's just be really honest about where we are in a society. Yeah, I'm just trying to be straightforward. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe we'll get censored on YouTube or blocked or whatever. But um, yeah, there is a there, there was a I'm going to speak in historical terms. There was a line uh, for our founders obviously they they went to war mm -hmm. there was a line for them and and which they which was crossed at some point in their view uh, but the point is you can look at the history and see very clearly because you always see these these shirts of all the things the founders would be doing by this time um, by this time, what in the absurd. heck does it's that absurd. even mean? Yeah, it's absurd it, because it is that's ridiculous. not the history. The history, the history, the history is they exhausted Everything. every single peaceful means. Well, look and, and George Washington still, still, still. I mean, you're talking about. I think he's a great example, being a man of war, right? Um, of probably being the most hesitant and the most sort of outspoken up to that line of. We don't we don't. Can need I just this. suggest to you that because he was a man of war, that's why he was hesitant, because yeah. he's like, look, guys, you I, I know what war looks like. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like. And you have to understand the British British wars. They they had revolutions. They're all their generations. 
They knew what it's like to go brother to brother and neighbor to neighbor and friend to friend when your friend has to be a foe. Right. And Washington, Washington was the the last holdout. I mean, most people don't realize that Washington was the last holdout. If you look at Patrick Henry's speech in 1775, JC, where Patrick Henry says, we have petitioned, we have remonstrated, we have blah, blah, blah. He's talking about years and years and years of, of people doing the peaceful thing before. He's like, now where are we? We've done all mm. of that. Now we must go forward. Now we must go forward. Yeah. So uh, before we end today, I have to talk to you guys about something that we're seeing uh, all over the Internet. And if if this is what we need to to understand, this is a teach show and not a talk show. And I want to show you something because this is going to JC, I'm sorry to bring you in on this, but this is another thing that we are going to get. People in the chat room who are going to get irritated about what I'm about to say. But I want to talk to you guys about this thing that's all over the Internet about Donald Trump declaring martial law to fix the election. And we are going to do this from a teach perspective, not from a personality perspective and not from a a, uh, a political perspective. So let's look starting at the beginning. Remember, the question is, can the president do what? Right. Can Donald Trump declare martial law to 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 get the election under control? If we see marsh, if we see massive corruption and there's no way that the courts right here, here's the rhetoric, right? The courts are not going to go. The courts are violating the Constitution. The governors are violating the Constitution. The Department of Justice is violating the Constitution. So we need Donald Trump to declare martial law because the courts and the governors and the legislators are all violating the Constitution. So the question becomes, can Donald Trump constitutionally declare martial law over election corruption? And when you ask that question, you must go to the Constitution. So I've pulled up the sections of the Constitution that talk about going to war, that talking about calling up troops, that talk about presidential power. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 8 of the Constitution. We're going to start, number one, with the power of the president in Article 2. Now, I wanted to start, JC, with the oath of office so people could actually see what the president takes an oath to because there are so many people out there that declare the president took an oath to keep us safe that the president took an oath for national security so let's together in our teach show talk about what the president promises the people quote i do solemnly swear or affirm that i will faithfully execute the office of the president of the united states and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. What is that? The Constitution of the United States. So what is the president's first job? Not to protect the integrity of an election. 
not to keep us safe from a virus. The first job of the president is to protect the Constitution. So here we go. What is the president supposed to protect? All right. The president is supposed to protect the Constitution by maintaining himself within the powers delegated to the president. There you go. The president shall be the commander in chief of the army and navy of the United States and the militia of the several states. Oops, here we go, JC. When called into actual service of the United States. Uh, I got really sad news for you, you guys. There hasn't been a commander in chief in the United States, constitutionally speaking, since World War II. There has been no declaration of war when called into service is the declaration of war. There has been no declaration of war since night, since World War II. Okay. So this is his power. He is the commander of chief, but only when there is a declaration of war. So he doesn't have the power to call martial law there, not as a commander in chief. He's not constitutionally one right now. He may require the opinion in writing of the principal officers of the executive departments subject relating duties of their respective offices. He shall have the power to grant reprieves, pardons, offenses against the United States in case, except in cases of impeachment. Here's another power of the president. He shall have power by and with the advice and the consent of the Senate to make treaties. He can nominate with the advice and the consent of the Senate to appoint ambassadors, public ministers, judges, appointments, blah, 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 the Congress... These are all about the appointments and the heads and the groups, right? So this power he has to do with the Senate. He shall from time to time give to the Congress information on the state of the union. By the way, the state of the union is an address to Congress, not to the people on how the executive branch is actually working. It's all in writing, people. He can convene the houses. Let's skim here. No martial law there. Right. So what about. Call it suppressing insurrections and repelling invasions. Maybe somebody says that this the corruption of our, 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 our election is an insurrection or an invasion. Well, look at this. To provide forth calling for the militia to execute the laws of the union to suppress insurrections and repel invasions. Well, why can't the president use that one? Because this is a power in Article 1 delegated to Congress. This is not the power of the president. This is the power of Congress. The last section would be Article 4, Section 4. The United States shall guarantee to every state in the union a Republican form of government. Right? Well, okay. So having corrupted elections denies a Republican form of government. Well, but guess what? This is not a power specifically delegated to the president. And there are limitations. Yes, they are to protect against invasion. And to ensure the Republican form of government, invasion, people, invasion, right? 
and on application of the legislature or the executive against domestic violence. You have to have a request from the governor or the state legislature to get involved on this unless it's an invasion, which I think, I don't know, JC, I'm pretty sure that election corruption you couldn't find where the founders intended the word invasion to be interpreted as election corruption. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is not a power delegated to the president of the United States. His power is actually limited in Article 2 to only being involved with the militia if there's a formal declaration of war. So when you're talking about this power, And the United States, you have to refer back to the clauses that give the power to control this. What is the only delegated power to control the military and the militia first? This is Congress. This is Congress. Now, this part, domestic violence, could be the president if the legislatures or the ex- or the governor of the state asked for it. But in this case, the first half, you cannot put this on the president because he has no power to draw from to execute this because it's not delegated to him. So this idea that the president of the United States has a constitutional authority to declare martial law because of election corruption is completely false and totally unfounded anywhere in the Constitution itself. This must be known because if you tell me that the courts are not following the Constitution, if you're telling me the legislature's not following the Constitution, if you're telling me the governors are not following the Constitution, then you cannot come to me and argue that all these people are not following the Constitution. Therefore, the president should not follow the Constitution to fix all the people that are not following the Constitution. It does not work that way. Am I to understand Article 4, Section 4 there that uh, in case of domestic violence in the state, so let's say BLM and Antifa were burning Mm -hmm. towns down, Am I understand that to say the state, the legislature of that state yes. has to request the federal government to come in? Yes. Or the governor of or that the governor, state. If the legislature can't be convened. When, which, the legis- when the legislature cannot be convened. Which I This is the state level. The state must. Yeah. Act- and Donald Trump even quoted that, by the way, when all that stuff was going down. In Oregon. In Oregon. He's like, the guy, they have to invite us in. They'd have to invite us in. Then you get, as John asks here, what about a national emergency? Or Jerry, what about a national emergency? We went through the entire section of delegation of power to the president of the United States. There was no delegation of power for a national emergency. The National Emergency Act by Congress giving power to the president is completely and totally unconstitutional. And what you have to understand is Article 6, Clause 2 of the Constitution declares 
that laws of the United States, which are not made in pursuance to the Constitution, are null and void. That's what this says. So the the National Emergency Act giving power to the president of the United States is a complete and total unconstitutional act. Would I want to ask you this question, JC, just play my devil's advocate here. How many people would want, would agree that the state legislature can take power delegated to the president through the constitution away from President Trump? What if, what if the House and the Senate got together and passed a law that said uh, under Article 2, Section 2 of the, con- Section 3 of the Constitution, well, let's go back here to Section 2, right? That under, under Article 2, Section 2, Clauses 2 and 3 of the Constitution, we, the House of Representatives and the Senate, all agree now by law that the President of the United States cannot nominate cabinet members cannot nominate Supreme Court justices. Do you think people would be okay with the House and the Senate agreeing to take away power from President Donald Trump that's given to him by the Constitution? Obviously not. So why would they be okay with with them giving power that's not delegated? If they can give it, they can take it. If they can't take it, then they can't give it. I want to tell you something very important here. There are two things to to wrap this whole teach session up. Two things. Number one, if you argue right now that Donald Trump has the authority to declare martial law because of perceived, alleged, or even documented election fraud so that he maintains his office, then what you're saying is if when all the dust settles and Biden is actually sworn in, what you're saying is that Donald, that Joe Biden can do the same thing. Now, somebody's going to be saying, hey, guess what? Um, Joe Biden doesn't have the proof that we have. Well, guess what? Joe Biden's people are saying you don't have proof. So it becomes a he said, she said kind of thing. So here's the key. The Constitution was created in in the greatest state of emergency that American states have ever experienced. And when creating the Constitution in the greatest state of emergency that our states ever existed, they gave the president of the United States this much power. They gave the legislative branch this much power. They gave the judicial branch this much power. There is no emergency that is greater than the time when our Constitution was created. So there is no emergency that could come up today that would justify eliminating the way our constitution is supposed to work. Amen. So you want to call the governor, you want to call the general up to start martial law. Then what you have just said is that we are now living in an unconstitutional coup. And then 
we deal with it. But don't go talking to me about the Constitution. Don't talk to me about presidential power, because if we go to martial law, then we are in the middle there of a coup. No there is no Constitution. If we go to martial law, there is no Constitution. So don't tell me about this. And then don't cry to me when Joe Biden uses it or Kamala Harris uses this to maintain Democrat socialist power for the next 50 years. The Constitution is there to yeah. protect you. Won't last that long. It creates a limited and defined government. Definitely cross the line at you. that point. So you either keep the Constitution and maintain its framework or you just turn it over and say you're done. So then the question is, JC, so obviously, so what is, uh, no, we are, we are not in that kind of coup. You do not respond with a martial law for this kind of thing. The, the, what is the solution, right? What is the solution? The solution is at the state level. It is not at the Donald Trump level. The solution is still looking for the king to save us. Still looking for the king to save us. Donald Trump is not king. People don't make him king because you will never get away from that. You will continually have king after king after king when Donald Trump is gone. You don't want Biden to be king. Don't make Trump king. Yeah. So this is you want to you want to fix this. Fine. You fix it at the state level. You fix it at the state level. You look, JC, you get rid of the Constitution now. Then there is no Constitution. You yeah. follow the Constitution now. The Constitution has not saved us from tyranny. The Constitution can't save us from tyranny. The Constitution. No, no, <laughs> you, no, no. You are, no, no, you, no. Are, you, you've taught that class many times. Yeah. The Constitution <laughs> does not save you, Mr. Massachusetts. Save you, you save you. Exactly. It's enforcing the Constitution. See, this is why I, I think maybe sometimes I speak Chinese, JC. It gets really frustrating to me, you see, because you either stand behind the Constitution and save the Republic or you shoot for the kingdom and you be done with it altogether. Mm -hmm. But don't come to me and tell me the Constitution isn't going to save us from tyranny. Because it's not the Constitution's job. Do you know why we're where we are? Because we have too many people doing absolutely nothing about what needs to be done, where it needs to be done. Elections. Hello. Elections are state issues. Keep it in the state and fix it. If you go martial law right now, JC, and Biden is still creating is is still sworn in as president you're never going to get the constitution back well, so maybe if biden is sworn in and you stick to the constitution and you fight it in two years you get back in the realm of it well it right? starts at your you know your Ooh, I get local, so angry about your local this level your community level right where you are you know i mean what that's one of the reasons the fixation on federal like oh everything is the king in the big white house that's going to save us we've neglected our states for 50 plus years that's why we have states like um, the white California, house is not going to save you at this point yeah. the white house is going not to having... condemn you to a kingdom at this point when you start declaring things like martial law right 
You have to do this at the state level. It is a republic if you can keep it. And that is that precludes that statement by Benjamin Franklin precludes the president of the United States declaring martial law because election machines are bad. The keep it part was a command on the people to keep things local and to get in your government in charge of local government in charge of your elections in an ethical way. Looks you like want you to have fix a this. lot of non-Liberty First University students. Not lots uh, of non-Liberty First today. University students in the chat. I see today. a lot of focus on ele- elections are the thing and residents the thing. <laughs> Welcome, new people. Welcome. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall chat room, where we know that elections do not control. We know that the president is not king, and we know that the Constitution is supreme. The federal government is not going to save you. And the federal government is not going to save you. The federal government is going to enslave you. Get control of your elections at the state level. You should be at your state capitol right now lobbying your representatives to create election laws that fix these things. LibertyFirstUniversity.com. Yeah, right here. There you go. Look, online constitutional training. Open to everyone. Self-paced, professional quality videos, short, understandable segments, in-depth teaching, printable PDF textbooks, small fee, just for those who are confused about where the power actually lies. I don't know how you can be in our chat room and have watched our shows for years and still be reaching out to the president of the United States to declare martial law to fix things. And and, and, and JC, that's exactly why I walked through the Constitution the way I did. I knew this was going to happen. Walked through. I mean, we walked through the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Right? We walked through the Constitution. We showed everybody. You can't dispute what I just said. I went to the source. So... It's time for us to get back to the real solutions and the real basics. It's time for us to do what's right. And what's right is not doing the wrong thing because everybody else is doing it. What's right is to do the difficult thing, to be resolute, to hold true to the Constitution, to hold true to the principles Because if you don't, then there's nothing to stand for anymore. JC's laughing. I know why he's laughing. I saw that. (laughs) You got to get control on the local level, guys. Got to get control. Thank you, JC. You got any final words today? Uh, You want to apologize for your wife's rant? She just chased off half of the chat room. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, it's, uh, (laughs) I, I've had the thought of does does the sort of voracious fight for the vote and the voting system now kind of emphasize like it's all about voting. So it's almost like we've taken a step backwards because d- oh, does, does, fight, does fighting election corruption now shift people back to to the um, illusion that 
that's the thing that that's how we fix this stuff is by voting it's you're, like so you're, it's, you are so right jc crazy. we have to go to martial law because <laughs> the voting's not working hello mcfly the voting is not how it's supposed to work and it hasn't worked for so so the voting doesn't time. work so we have to destroy everything burn down the constitution burn down the republic go to complete voting's, lawlessness voting's corrupt because voting uh, voting's is corrupt. corrupt. Vot voting's been corrupt for many, many decades. Okay. Do you know, I mean, you guys, some of you went to my Leadership Institute class on the 19th Amendment, on the history of the 19th Amendment. The whole reason that state legislators got together and took away the right of the women to vote was because of voter fraud. Mm-hmm. Because no. of voter fraud. In the 1800s, Fascinating. women were voting, okay? The 19th Amendment does not give women the right vote. It says it can't be taken away. And prior to the, the revocation on the state levels in the, in the mid to late 1800s, from 1783 to the mid 1800s, women were voting. And they had this big corrupt election in New York where people wanted us, you know, they wanted their guy to win. So you had men going in to vote. They left and came back dressed as women to vote and then they came back dressed as a different woman to vote and so the response to that corruption was let's deny women the right to vote men were dressing as women corrupting the voting process that was the dominion machines right back then mm -hmm. the dominion machines of the 1800s was men dressing as women so that they could vote and so the solution was let's deny women the right to vote yeah, it's uh, what is this mentality of throwing out the baby with the bathwater? Why is that? You're the psych guy, JC. Tell me, why is it that way? Why do people jump to extremes? Well, oh, I just we got corruption. So let's burn the Constitution. Well, I think the more important thing to realize is how how the crises, they leverage crisis and they use crisis to steer like it, it this is the funny thing how in a lot of crises they make it like here's the crisis and then there's the solution where we want to go to when in fact they don't actually want to get all the way there they if they just their whole goal is to actually move you three steps in that direction that's it so we'll fight them and we'll stop what they said their goal was like yay we won but in fact we didn't win because their actual goal was simply to move you slightly in that direction then another crisis comes then they're going to move you in that direction some more and so, so it, 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 it's it's fascinating how you look at the the vac the covid crisis the voting crisis the, all this stuff uh has so-called patriots so-called conservatives have been now really almost for four years clamoring for big government statist hammers to be dropped as the solution. So it's it's fascinating to me how crisis so, is leveraged so that we will beg for our own destruction. This is this is what just came to me, JC. Let me just let me just let me just put this out there. Okay. I I, I want to get a poll of our chat room people okay i want to get a poll how many of you and i know you guys in our chat room there's a little bit of a delay <laughs> blame the 19th amendment you sunny loves to talk about the P pennsylvania secretary of health have you seen 
the Pennsylvania. Well, we have to show JC a picture of this Pennsylvania Secretary of Health. But anyway, just by show of hands, give me a hands up. Give me a thumbs up. Give me something. Right. I know we're long, but this is a really important show today. So you're getting bonus for your dollar today with a hands up, a thumbs up, a wave or whatever. How many of you in our chat room right now believe that there is a deep, 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 deep state that is pulling the strings and controlling politics, not just simply around the world, but in the United States? How many of you believe that that's what's happening, that it's not about Republicans, it's not about Democrats, it's not about Trump, it's not about Biden, that it's something deeper than that? How many of you believe that, right? Okay, sure. let's let's give him a few minutes. Look at all these people. Yes, you agree with I'm that, sure right? I'm sure we're there. We're there. Okay, so think about this, JC. If it's not really about Trump, it's not really about Biden, then it's not really about the election. What if the Hegelian dialectic is to create the crisis of the election corruption to create a social disruption of martial law so that the coup can take place. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Crisis brings transition. I mean, they're, the whole point, overturn Western civilization, which probably America is the best representative of. So, so you call absolute. for martial law. You're actually doing the deep state coup. How did Iraq fall? Iraq fell from the inside. Who orchestrated that? I was watching all of these things. There's a movie called uh, Our Our um, brand Our Brand is Crisis, and it's about a Bolivian election on how they sent in these uh, um, people who are campaign strategists to do whatever to get this president to win in Bolivia. And it turns out the end. Of, I'm not going to tell you the end of the movie, but it turns out that the president that was actually elected was put into office by the Clintons so that that president could funnel all of the natural gas resources into the collection of of Clinton funds. Right. And the president that was elected through this corruption, through this political strategy was kicked out of office less than a year after he was elected, but not before he could funnel all this stuff to the Clintons. So how do you know that this whole political corruption is not created to create a chaos that makes people call for the very mechanism of our own political coup? Yeah. Just something well, to think about. It's all, all of it. I mean, and they have multiple simultaneous plans, you know, so they try to cover all the bases, but that that's, really summed up what's going on i mean all of it it is um crisis chaos yeah uh, solution transformation i mean the whole you mentioned hegel like the whole philosophy drawn from that is yeah. is the you know revolution revolutionary transition brings the new reality so right that's what they're after so what that's is the program what is so the you have that's why you have to be very measured right uh and thoughtful about your reaction right that that right even even that thing that you naturally want to do right they know that right and they're trying to position you to leverage 
Yes. Your natural reaction. Yes. So we have to. That's why that was the whole point of the conversation that we have. I didn't mean to derail the show into that, but you have to be measured and cautious mm -hmm. about uh, about that kind of thing. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Somebody says, "Thank you, Blue Northwind." <laughs> <laughs> JC. Um. Somebody says, "What's the solution?" Well, let me be very clear. The solution is not setting aside the Constitution. The solution is not setting the aside the rights of the people. That can never be our solution because that's their desire. They want the Constitution of the United States is the thing that separates us from every other country in the world. It is the establishment of the Constitution of the United States, of our Constitutional Republic, that has made us the last standing, the bastion of hope. Yeah. So setting that aside, martial law is denying the Constitution. Martial law is denying the rights of the people. Setting that aside is not and can never be the solution because that's what they want. Setting aside, they get us to set aside the Constitution for them. Their job is easy squeezy. UN comes in, everybody's global, everybody's fine, everybody's good in their eyes, right? So the solution has to be, once again, I hate to sound like a broken record, the solution has to be get control. Maybe just stop and breathe for a second and get control of your elections at the state level so this doesn't happen again. This is not the end of the freaking world. We have not had bad corruption, corrupted elections before. We've had bad people elected before. This is not the end of the world. If we deny the Constitution, it's the end of our American world as we know it. So the solution is Get the get the problems fixed at the state level. Be patient. Be res resolved. It's the whole thing about we will not comply. Be resolved to maintain your constitution and your rights. Fix it so it doesn't happen again. You've only got two years to fix the until the next time. Meanwhile, right? Meanwhile, between now and then, if God forbid Biden get really elected. Those two years, so important that we engage in the peaceful noncompliance. We must refuse to comply with the with the uh, Kamala mandates. It all has to work together. It's not one thing. You have to work the slow route, but then you have to work the immediate route of we will not comply. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would say I always tell the students, be careful of the one thing mentality. Yes. What, what's the thing? It's it's not the thing, but I think the Constitution sums it up. And, and, and I would say it like this. You have to you have to learn the constitutional principles. Right. And then you should resolutely enforce them at every level in every reasonable manner possible. Right. And, and so, you know, that you consistently apply it, enforce it resolutely at every level possible in every reasonable manner possible this is great matt this is exactly how so. every american needs to be right you need to be sick of them and the response of being sick of them is you do not comply and you get them out of office that's what we need to do well 
I know we went a little bit longer today, but like I said, this was a really important show. We had several people in the chat room say this is a rewind show. They're going to go back and watch it again and again. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, wow, JC, this is like Monday, isn't it? It is Monday. Wow, we're starting off the week fiery, aren't we? God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Yeah.